0: and welcome back to another episode of In A Dark, Dark Room. I'm excited, I'm giddy. I'm really excited to do dinky... I do a bit a body. I'm so excited to do dinky darks. I feel like I've not done one in ages because that's changed up my schedule a little bit. But I'm really excited. I've just put some stories together that will be sure to spook me out. Also, by the way, I... On my no sleep horror stories I added some spooky sounds, spooky spooky sounds and I really enjoy doing it. So I think it was something that I was thinking about doing going forward for my dinky dogs. Please let me know if you don't like them just say oh I hated them. They were horrible and if you do like them just let me know because I thought they were really spooky and I really enjoyed them. I thought they could just make Dinky Ducks a little bit more fun, more fun than they already are. So if you're new here, welcome back. That makes no sense. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Abby and I am your host for this podcast. I cover all things Creep on this poddy and I upload on Wicked Wednesday, and then also every other Friday for Dinky Ducks. So that's fun. Sorry, I feel like I've just completely disconnected there because I'm... my pussycat Otis has literally been meowing and following me all morning, right? Literally not leaving by my side. And I was like, what is it? Like, he's got food. He's got water. I know he's been to the toilet this morning. I've taken him out onto the balcony so we can have a, a bit of a sniff and sniff. We hung out there this morning. I had my smoothie. He was there. And then, normally, like, that's him. Normally, I get up and I, we hang out. <laughs> And I give him the rest of the day to, you know, he sleeps. But he's just not having it today. I don't really know what's going on. Well, I didn't know what was going on. And then I picked him up and he started purring straight away. So he obviously just want a little cuddle. He wanted a wee cuddle. So I just had to leave there my recording for like 10 minutes so I could literally cradle him in my arms <laughs> and cuddle him. <laughs> and now I think he's going to sleep. <laughs> But alas, thank you for joining me. This is another Dinky Dark, so these are a bit more fun, a bit more chillax. I find some stories of one topic that I want to read. I compile them all together and I read them for for the podcast. So without further ado, without further ado, these are creepy stories from people who work in the middle of nowhere. Story one. We were wrapping up for the day in northern Canada. Oh, you already know this is going to be scary. I'm fueling up the side boom. (laughs) What? What is a side boom? I'm fueling up the side boom. I'm all by myself at this point because I was tired of listening to the labourers whine of the cold. So I told them I would take care of the rest. Think bulldozer with no blade but a giant metal boom on the side that we use the razor and the lower pipe. To raise and lower the pipe, okay. It's February, so it's pitch black. I keep hearing some weird sound. I can't quite hear it because the pump is too loud but it's there. I search around a couple of times and I see nothing. I get in the truck and I take off to drive past the front of the side boom to see a cougar sitting on top of a dirt pile 15 feet away. Damn thing was just watching me there and probably could have ended me without me even realising it. I've never seen a cougar in the wild before. It's hard to understand just how big they are and how powerful until you see one up close. The thing leaped off the six-foot pile and probably didn't touch the ground for about 20 feet. It's so terrifying to think something so big and powerful could just be sitting there, stalking, deciding if they want to make you their dinner or not. I don't know much about animals and stuff, but I know that cougars are like... I think, mean, like, if you come across a bear, you can pretty much, like, there's techniques and stuff to use, but I'm pretty sure, like, if you come across a cougar, it's like, okay, goodbye. Okay, story two. I found a random heart in the parking lot of my apartment complex, which was right on the trail in Boulder, Colorado. I still have a picture of it, but it was on top of a sheet of ice with another piece of sinew around it. There was no... with another piece of sinew, sorry with no blood around it. I really cannot imagine what the story is behind that. I never find out what happened to the organs, but also not long after this happened, someone hung themselves along the creek path right outside my house. I'm really not sure what to think about all of it, but needless to say, I moved. Have you? Has anyone ever watched One Tree Hill? Can you remember that scene in One Tree Hill where Lucas Scott's dog (laughs) eats Dan Scott's (laughs) heart? that he's about to get heart transplanted into. That's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you found a heart in your in your parking car area, car park. But that's, I couldn't stop thinking about that scene in One Tree Hill. That is, if you've never seen that, I'm sorry, but you need to go and YouTube, like One Tree Hill, Lucas Scott dog eating Dan Scott's heart. It's someone in the hospital, like, they're just carrying a heart in a box through, right? With just like somebody... And it might as well be a bloody, you know, probably treat a barking bag better. They're just like, trotting along with a heart, a human heart. And someone, oh my God, trips and falls. And the heart box opens because it's got, you know, no lock or anything. Or even, I don't know, duct tape. But it opens and it spills along the floor with all this ice. And then Lucas Scott's dog... Main character in the show, a golden retriever runs over and gobbles up this heart, this human heart, right in front of the person who's about to receive it, which turns out to be his long-lost father. Well, it's not his long-lost father. What do you call a estranged father? <laughs> oh, was so dramatic, isn't it? Really? Right. Story three. On our drill ship that was built in China, we noticed on the drawings that there was a room. We went to look at it and we couldn't find an entrance, but the spacing was obvious that there was an extra room. It might not sound so creepy unless you've been in these shipyards where two things are known to happen. Stowaways, although I doubt it in this case, but hundreds of workers at any time given given time following orders blindly. So we confirmed that the room had all six sides, yet not a single weld on the outside. There is only one way this could have happened. They must have welded from the inside of the room and then realised they had no way out upon completion if the gases from the welding didn't kill them first. It's extremely heavy around that room. People say they hear things. I have definitely heard things. This isn't some old ship either. I rode this ship from China to Amsterdam after completion and the maiden voyage to America. I guess we'll never know what happened in that room. And that's a shame, you know, that kind of freaks me out. I actually read a book in the deep... Though the deep, and that was all about like being underwater and hearing things. I didn't actually enjoy it that much. <laughs> oh. Okay, qu- oh, question four, story four. During college that was located away from major cities, the woods were all around us. That being said, there was a highly rated trail, the Loyal Sock Trail, which was about an hour drive from my university. I invited a friend to come with me as I'd never been on an extended backpacking trip a 50-plus mile trail that we intended to backpack over the four-day weekend. I am an eagle scout who spent countless hours in the woods and I've been on backpacking trips consistently throughout my college experience. As many have said before me, you get used to all the minor spooky things happening. Coyote howls, raccoons in the middle of the night, even the occasional unknown noise. The scariest thing to find in the woods, however, are people. We were about twenty miles into the trail, and being Pennsylvania, where the underbrush, underbrush and trees line the trails pretty densely, I always walk about a hundred meters off the trail to reduce the chances of me disturbing people or people disturbing me, especially in the early morning when I choose to sleep in. Following that same strategy, my friend and I got out of our way to be in this amazing spot, a good ways off the trail, where it would be even difficult to see our flashlights from the trail. This spot was on a peninsula. where where a creek met a river, meaning there was only one way into our camp and only one way out. We start a fire, cook our food and drink some, but not enough to get either of us drunk. We put the fire out at about midnight and head to our individual tents. All is quiet. It's the fall semester, so leaves are on the ground, the moon is brightly shining through the bare trees and the air is cool. The only noise is the occasional time when I would hear my friend turn over in his sleep. Then, I hear the voices. The voices sounded very close for being on a trail a hundred metres away. I check my watch. 3am. Who hikes at 3am? We are 20 miles in. I slowly get out of my sleeping bag and slowly unzip my tent, only to see my friend peeking out his tent in the exact same fashion. He quickly moves his finger over his mouth in an exaggerated hush signal, then use the same hand to frantically motion towards the way of the trail. Then, we see them. Four adults, three men and one woman, walking directly towards our camp, no lights illuminating their path, they are walking silently. Only one of them has a backpack, an impossibility for the long hike that they were a third of the way through. Being on a long trip, you bring woodcutting supplies to chop branches into smaller branches. For me, this was a survival knife. Grabbing the knife, believing it's my only way of defending myself, I am more dishevelled than I have ever been, especially knowing that this knife is barely defence at all. These people just walk into our site, sit down by our extinguished fire pit and just sit. My friend speaks up and asks what they are doing at our campsite. Without answering the question, they ask if we have any food. Having packed as lightly as possible for the long trip, we only had a few extra mountain house, our MRE style meals. I grab one out of my bag and I toss it, toss it, toss it? Toss it to one of the men. In rapid succession, I ask, why aren't they using a light? If they need help finding the trail, why are they hiking so late? They respond, we don't use lights. We know where the trail is. It's better for us to hike late at night. Unnerved at this point, my friend asks them to leave. They respond by asking if we want to light the fire and hang out for a bit. No, we don't. They grab their one bag, get up and leave without speaking another word. We watched them leave and take shifts and making sure they don't come back. Needless to say we got very little sleep that night. When the sun rose the next morning we finally got some real sleep but by the afternoon when we woke up it all kind of felt like a weird dream. The only evidence we have was a fuzzy cap that they must have dropped that I have to this day. I've never had something as weird and spooky as happen like that in the woods and I hope to never have it happen again. In the eight years since that trip I haven't been back to that, that same trail. That frightened me, okay? And as someone who never goes to the woods... I say that, I literally went a bit of a hike, an 18-kilometer hike yesterday in the woods. <laughs> I'm like, I am... You'll never catch me dead in the woods, except from yesterday when I was in there for four hours. Oh. Okay, story five. I worked at a public forest. One day, we had, someone to, we had someone report a dead animal on the side of one of our trails. A few of us... A few of us from the front desk hiked out to see what it was. It looked like a giant piece of liver, maybe? Just a pile of smooth red meat, no blood around it. It was wrapped up in a t-shirt with some coins scattered around it. We called our rangers to check it out and one of them was pretty sure it was a placenta. The weird part was is that you have to check in through the front desk. Someone either snuck a placenta slash a liver or gave a live birth removed organ. Or gave live birth, sorry, and removed an organ on our trails. We never got an answer to what that pile of meat was, how it got there, or why. Don't describe a person as a pile of meat. Oh my days. Oh my god, that's horrible though, I'd definitely be sick of that. Okay, sorry. six. My parents live pretty far back in the country and have one neighbouring house. The neighbours would let their basset hound outside for ten minutes to use the bathroom every morning. One morning they let him out and he never came back. After a few minutes, they walked outside to his favourite bathroom spot, and there they found his head. Judging from the tracks, a mountain lion had ambushed him and apparently torn his head off before carrying him away. What I thought was the creepiest part is the family had not heard a sound. That's awful, could you imagine that? Not hearing a single sound that means that honestly means it must have just happened like that done before you've even known. Okay, story seven. I think this is a bit of a long one as well. Okay. I spent a summer doing conservation work in the absolute middle of nowhere in Wyoming. I was part of a crew that would spend two weeks camping in remote places to do manual labor in places that machines couldn't quite get to. For this story, we were building new hiking-slash-biking trails in the back portion of a designated wilderness area in a high-altitude desert. This means that the nearest civilization was a two-hour car ride to a town of 41 people in a sandy soil area where the tracks last forever. It was the middle of our stint during the early part of the night where everyone else had gone to bed but I was staying up to read, around 11.30 or so. Still, pitch black outside. Clouds had covered the stars, so my headlamp was probably the only light on in a forty-mile radius. Suddenly, I hear footsteps walking around our camp, and then head towards the tents from where I was in the community tent. That sound immediately put me on edge, as I felt the, har- the-, the hair on my arm the hair on my arms, the hair on my arms raise, and my adrenaline spike. I recall thinking to myself that two things are very wrong: since the person was not using a light to see. And the footsteps were not coming towards me from the tents, rather it was the opposite. Within the four seconds it took me to drop my boot, get up and turn the corner of the tent to cast my light on the sleeping tents, the sound had stopped. But I saw tracks in the dirt right before me. Looked like they came from one end of the camp, looked into my tent, walked through the sleeping tents and kept walking out of the camp again. That scared me, I'm looking behind me now. I don't know if I was making too much noise or not by walking around, but the rest of the crew ended up waking up and asking me what was going on. After explaining what I found, they all got up to look at the boot prints in the dirt. They were damn near perfect copies of my own boots, except for one small thing. I had a rock stuck in my treads that messed up the symmetry. I was wearing fairly common workbooks, except I always had... also happened to be wearing us size double-15 wide boots, so there is no way in hell this could be one of the other crew members. I don't think any of us slept much that night. I never saw or heard anything more after that night. A light rain removed the tracks a couple days later, but I do remember none of us were willing to step on the prints themselves and choose to step over them like the cracks in the sidewalks. Oh god, I'm scared. I'm so scared of that. Okay, thanks for joining me. This is a very dinky dinky darks. I feel like not all of those stories were for people that worked in the middle of nowhere, but more or less just stories from the middle of nowhere. I would love to hear your guys' suggestions for anything that you want me to, like, find some spooky stories about. Or even if you guys have a really scary story about what happened to you, please send it to me. But happy Friday. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. I will be back on Wednesday for another Wicked Wednesday episode. I do have a recording, another episode to upload. It's not really an episode, but me and my sister tried to do a Dinky Darks and it kind of turned into just um, not Dinky Darks. It kind of turned into just talking about spooky things. So I will be working on that over the next few days and probably will just kind of chuck it on, chuck it uploaded somewhere but I will be here on Wicked Wednesday for my Wicked Wednesday episode I'm not sure what I'm gonna do yet I need to do some research if you guys have any suggestions please don't know I know I keep saying that but well I love everybody thank you so much for your support and everything else I will see you next week thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the speaks bye